0: Welcome to Northwest Community Church. It is great to have you guys with us. Thanks for joining us. Despite other things that could be taking up your time and your allegiance, um, we appreciate you guys being here this morning. My name is Jerry and I'm one of the teaching pastors here at Northwest. And we are in the midst of a series, as Matt mentioned, called Don't Waste Your Summer. And this summer, we are taking uh, eight or nine weeks or so, and we're diving into what's called the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, In Scripture, in the book of Galatians chapter 5, there's listed out a lot of characteristics that are evidence that as Christians, we should be different than what comes naturally in the world. This whole idea of fruit is one that we shared when, uh, when we introduced the series several weeks ago, that the idea that weeds come naturally. You don't have to plant weeds, you don't have to prepare the soil for weeds, they just show up for us in our lives. We see those things evident as well, things that want to rise up and choke out all of the good things, all of the good characteristics that God desires for us to show to each other and to the world, all the good fruit that God has for us. So this summer, each week, we're taking one or two of these fruit of the Spirit from Galatians chapter 5 and kind of unpacking them and talking about what would God have us do and display this so that we might make this a better world and give more glory to God. So, I hope you've had a great and fruitful summer so far. Uh, just by way of review, we started out several weeks ago talking about love. That's the first fruit of the Spirit. We talked about how you need to feel love, you need to speak love, and you need to show love. And that threefold evidence of love that God wants to reflect to the world. Uh, several weeks ago, we talked about joy and how believers should be having more fun and more joy than anybody. Like, for real, when you think about who we are, and if you follow Jesus, you think about what he says to be true of you, what's in store in eternity for us, and what we get on a day-by-day basis, a new identity, new strength within us. We should, by far, be the most partying, happy, amazing, smiley people on the face of the planet. And then last week, of course, what an unbelievable time with Emmanuel, One of our one of our pastors over in Kenya, working amongst the Pokot people, man, I hope that you were here, and I hope you listened to it. If you weren't here, if you're part of our church community, that man and what he has gone through and his heart for his people is unbelievable. And the idea that like you know somebody who lives literally out in the bush, out in as a nomad, out in a mud hut, and yet can come over to America as he has several times. All right, and just think about this for a moment. I know this is all introduction, but just think about this for a moment. And he's seeing what we have. He's going to Harris Teeter and Lowe's Foods and fast food restaurants. And, you know, just imagine the culture shock the first time he came over here from what they have to deal with. And yet, hey, do you want to move to America? You want to come here? you want to? He's got such a heart for his people to hear the gospel and to see his church move forward and the church uh, be planted and new communities all over amongst his people who he loves so dearly. It was so inspiring, so incredible. And he talked about the peace that comes, the, the, the Holy Spirit working in us and giving us a supernatural peace no matter what the circumstances are in your life. And he shared about some of the difficult things that have happened to him throughout his life and even just recently and and how the Lord gives peace even through that. Incredible. So here we are in week number four and we're talking about patience. We need to recognize here this morning that this is a big issue for many of us, right? Anybody consider themselves an impatient person? Raise your hand up really, really high. All right, the rest of you are probably lying, right? Most of us have a problem with patience, And some of that is we live in a very on-demand culture where when we want something, we're able to get it virtually immediately. We don't want to wait for anything and everything, any bit of information is literally just seconds away. Right? for example, you, know, you just get on Siri or you get on your computer and you just Google something. I just did that just for kicks and giggles. I, uh, I Googled, as you can see there at the top, the best North Carolina team. And there, look right below it, you know, it's 0.7 seconds. That's all it took, OK, to compile look right to the left of that, 265 million results about who's the best sports team in North Carolina. We're not going to get into that debate here. That's just, for, that's just for kicks. Less than a second, and there's hundreds of millions of results. That's how quickly we want answers and we demand answers, right? I just out of curiosity typed in Northwest Community Church just to see what popped up. Uh, apparently, the computers are a little bit faster. Look, 0.5 seconds, half a second, and we've got 50 million results, Anybody ever wonder like on Google, you know how it says like the first 10 pages? Like where are the rest of all those other millions of results? How do you even get to them? Anybody ever wonder that like me? Like can I just go to page like 52,000 so I can see what the last result was from that search, you know? But we know what we're talking about when we say this, right? When we talk about patience, it's almost like, man, we've been trained to get something immediately. If you're single here, there's 50 million potential romances waiting for you online. Between Tinder and Match.com, Christian Mingle, Farmers Only, Star Trek fans only. I don't know if that one exists, but it would be a fun place for people to connect. But we know what we're saying, even the term snail mail tells us that, man, the way things were 10, 15, 20 years ago, the normal way you would communicate is antiquated, because we want things fast, and we don't have patience. We've created in this country, and really all over the world, a credit crisis, right? Because once we get a credit card, we want something, and we want it now, and we don't want to wait, we don't want to save. And it's created an epidemic because we don't have patience. I was reading this one article that said, if somebody posts something amongst this generation, if they don't get a like or a series of likes within the first 60 seconds, there's a psychological uh, trigger that happens that you're disappointed because within 60 seconds, somebody didn't recognize and like what you posted. In our culture of quick answers from Google and immediate gratification from Amazon, same-day shipping and everything else, that's also crept into the church. This idea of everything being hurried and not waiting for anything. As a matter of fact, there's a church in Florida, a Baptist church in Pensacola, Florida, that recently was all over the news because it boasted and advertised its 22-minute worship service. 22-minute worship service, and it listed out, that here's what it is. It's a welcome, that's about 10 seconds. Moment of silent prayer, that's about a minute. They say the Lord's Prayer together. They sing two verses of one song. They have an offering, and then they have special music that has to be two and a half minutes long, no longer. Okay, so any song by Ray Bolts or any song by Hillsong United, you know, one of those epic 15-minute, no, it's not going to happen. Two and a half minutes, that's it. And then the message, ready for this? Six minutes. There it is. I I knew it. I knew it was coming. I was asking for it psychologically. All right, gotcha. Well, I'm already over time by like a minute or two, and this is just the introduction. But man, it's, uh, there it is. And, and, And I'm sure it's bustling at the seams and booming because people are impatient and value their time and what they think they should be doing with their time. Patience is certainly a lost virtue, one that maybe initially we might bristle at. I saw this graphic, I thought it was interesting. Patience is a virtue, a virtue that I like to slap in the face. Right? We want things immediately and man, God's plan is a little bit different. Patience is a fruit of the Spirit That does not come naturally for us. We are naturally impatient. Today we want to dive into scripture to see how do we develop a life and an attitude of patience. So I've got three points here if you're taking notes. Let's just go ahead and dive in. I've got several different scriptures. They're all going to be on the screen for you if you're taking notes. But here are the main things that I just want us to grab from from the text. Three main points that that the Lord revealed to me amongst a hundred things that we could have talked about in the realm of patience. But the first one is this. How do we develop a life of an attitude of patience? Number one, we need to see the difference between being patient and being passive. We need to see the difference between being patient and being passive. Well, what do you mean by that? When you hear about somebody and he would be described or she would be described as, oh, they're a very patient person. Person. again this is not a characteristic that's necessarily highlighted as some great characteristic to have I think some of us in our minds we think about okay somebody who's just very patient they're just kind of quiet and they're just kind of there waiting and they're just kind of passive but that's not really what we're talking about there is something different the word patience as translated in the book of Galatians chapter 5 is a compound word macrothumos is kind of the Greek word. And macro, of course, means really, really big, right? We use that word in English as well, right? Macro. And then Thumas carries along the idea of a temper or heat or fire, right? And we see that with like a thermos or a thermometer or something like that. Well, these are the root words in the Greek. And basically what it means, somebody who's patient is somebody who has a very, very long capacity to be patient in the fire to be under the heat and if anybody here would say you know I've got a really short temper or I have a tendency to really blow up immediately if things are all boiling up inside and anybody does the slightest thing I just explode Well, man, it's time this morning, it is high time this morning that we have an open mind and an open heart that says, okay, God, what do you want to teach me through your word about how your Holy Spirit and and Jesus transforming my life can change that so that I could be in the fire, whatever it is. When that heat is being turned up, I can stay there and not just being passive, not Not being a leader, not being a pushover, not being somebody who's like, oh, well, well, this is just the way life is. I'm just going to sit here. No. It's understanding what it means to be in the fire even when things are turned up so that impurities in your heart can be burned away. There's a huge difference. This passage of Scripture in Romans chapter 5, which I'll have on the screen here, really brings it home for us. That this idea, this first idea, is what patience does in us. What it produces in us. And here's what it says, Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5. What should our attitude be? Paul says this. He says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. If you've turned there in your copy of scripture, I would encourage you to underline every time the word produces is there. It's several. So you're there, you're under the fire, it is producing something in you. Because when we're patient, we're able, the Lord produces endurance in us. What else? And endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. First thing we recognize about patience is that it is meant to work something in us, to produce something in us. I love that that word produce is there several times because when you think about produce, you think about fruit, right? Right? that's what it is. It's in the produce section of, of uh, the grocery store. It's something that is formed and there was a cause to it. And here in scripture we say we see that when we do have to suffer it is causing something and it produces something. So patience is a mean to all kinds of other fruit that we see. Came across a story I thought was powerful and certainly um applies to what we're talking about here. The story is told of a young Christian uh, man who went into his older Christian uh, discipler for help. Will you please pray for me that I might be more patient? The young man asked. So they knelt together and the old man began to pray. Lord, send this young man tribulation in the morning. Send this young man tribulation in the afternoon. Send this young man tribulation in the evening. And at that point, The young Christian blurted out, oh, no, 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 I didn't ask you to pray for tribulation. I asked you to pray for patience. Ah, responded the wise old Christian, it is through tribulation that we learn patience. It makes sense, right? And I should have known, and honestly, we all need to be ready, if we're truly open to the Lord and what he wants to do in our lives, when we really start diving in and open our heart and asking God to teach us uh, about the fruit of the Spirit and, and show those things, you can't have patience without some level of frustration and tribulation, right? So Wednesday, we were headed out to visit with some friends and had a decent drive in front of us so I was trying to be a maximizer. Uh, My wife was driving. I had my computer open and I'm working on this very message on patience. So we stopped at Chick-fil-A as is per usual and of course being the smart man that I am I closed my computer. I don't want to spill anything on it. I got some nuggets and I like to dip my nuggets in hot wing sauce. So I opened up very carefully that little packet, stuck it inside the container of nuggets because I don't want to spill it, and I'm smart like that. Let me tell where this story's going. But it's all right on top of my laptop, which is now closed. Okay, here we go. So of course, to get my nuggets and to dip them in properly, I need a fork, and I'm trying to open up that little plastic thing that for some reason is like Fort Knox. You know, and so I'm forcing this thing down, and finally I force it down, and it hits the edge of the buffalo wing sauce that is safely nestled inside the thing, but flips out, and my phone was also sitting right here on my waist, and every ounce of that hot wing sauce got directly on my phone and splattered across the front of my Mac computer at that very moment. And how many napkins are in the bag? Uh, There was one and it was tiny. But like at that very moment, I'm like taking my computer. I am sucking that thing, you know, because this is urgency. We are driving and I'm taking my phone and doing the same thing. And I'm like, what in the world? You know, and I'm trying to like wipe it and it's just all over me. It's ridiculous. And like, I'm just so tempted to get so angry at that moment, right? I'm like, all right, all right, Lord, you're trying to do something in me. I should have known this was going to happen. And of course, all of our kids are gone this week. My wife has the idea of, hey, Jer, let's go ahead and change out all the faucets in our entire house. No kids around, we can work late into the night. Blah 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 blah. And I am not, how do you say, mechanical or necessarily talented in that field. And so I'm wrestling with these things that haven't been changed in 20 years since the house was built, you know. And like, I put in another one and she, and and hook the whole thing up. I mean, the whole rigmarole. It's working. What do you think? She's like. Yeah, I don't know. You know, so it's back to Lowe's and we get more. I'm not even kidding. There's probably 10 different styles of faucets. I am kidding you not. I didn't have to hook up every single one because we smartened up and like, if you place it in there and look at it, it's the same thing. But like all week long, I'm like, all right, Lord, what are you doing to me here? This is driving me crazy. This is not my forte, but what are you trying to produce in me? Because my thermos is getting pretty high but we understand those things those minor inconveniences and yet when we take a look at scripture we see that it's in those moments that the lord desires to work in your heart those ideas of not just being passive and resigning to the way things are going to be but rather a recognition that says god what are you trying to teach me in this moment you're trying to teach me how to be a servant trying to teach me how to show love, trying to teach me how to come up with other ideas, like why don't we just Photoshop it in instead of going in? But man, you take that and multiply it by a thousand, and that's where we get into the real nitty-gritty of people's lives. And this morning, as we're singing these songs during rehearsal, I'm just walking around this auditorium thinking about some of you and where you normally sit, and picturing you guys in my mind. And like, Lord, what are they going through right now? What is, what is pressing down upon some of our people right now that the fire's been turned up and Lord, you're trying to teach them something, trying to produce something. But Lord, we know in our humanity that we can't handle it. We're gonna blow up. And I'm thinking about some of you guys. And God, what are you going to be teaching them? And Lord, what characteristics are going to be bubbling up to the surface that only by your grace can you teach them through patience? Number two, when we want to live a life in an attitude of patience, we need to practice the concept of actively waiting. Whereas the first point talks about what is God doing in us, this part of the equation has to do with what is God going to do through us? As we're under trial and under circumstances, under inconveniences, what are we going to display to the world? And this idea of waiting is something that many of us are annoyed by and it strikes you as very passive to be in the waiting room. Nobody likes to wait But in Isaiah chapter 26, verse 8, we get an incredible declaration. You should read the whole entire chapter. This is a song that the people of Israel are going to sing eventually of triumph when the Lord comes through for them. But listen to this verse and listen to this idea of actively waiting. It says this, yes, Lord. I love that affirmation right out of the gate because it recognizes that that people are saying, okay, God, uh, I'm not alone here. You're here with me. We've been going through trials. We've been going through difficulty. People of Israel have been enslaved. But they're saying, yes, Lord. It's okay, Lord. I'm waiting on you, God. There's affirmation that you are in control. Okay, Lord, here we go. Yes, Lord. It says, we wait eagerly for you. We're not waiting passively. We are alert. We are ready. We are waiting eagerly. And that, that phrase by itself is almost, uh, almost you know, opposite. But it's we are waiting eagerly, God. We are waiting eagerly for you. Why? For your name and your renown are the desire of our souls. So in other words, they're saying, Lord, it's not about us. It's not how we can leverage our position, how we can gain possessions, how we can gain prominence. They're saying, Lord, part of being in the furnace is is not about us, Lord. You're here with us. We see that. But you know what? Your name and your renown, your fame, your story in the world, that is the desire of our souls. And I'll tell you what, some of you who have been through difficulty, you know what I'm talking about and you could get up here and share your story about, you know, the time where I saw God glorified the most in my life and in my neighborhood and in my workplace and in my family, amongst my group of friends, when I saw God glorified the most was the most difficult thing that I ever had to go through. There's something about that difficulty and that tragedy and those circumstances that come, come around that all of a sudden give you a platform. And the people of Israel are like, yeah, we're going through it. Yep, it's heavy on our backs. Yep, we're frustrated. Yep, we're fearful. Yep, we're anxious, God. We don't know what's going on. But yes, Lord, we know that you're here with us. And we're waiting eagerly to see how this is going to turn out because your name and your renown are the desire of our souls. Listen to how James puts it. This is a command that's mentioned twice, by the way. James chapter 5, verse 7 and following. He says, So be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. So you also be patient. Look at this phrase establish your hearts. So beautiful. For the coming of the Lord is at hand. So do not grumble against one another, brothers, that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing there at the door. But as an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remained steadfast. Man, it's a reality check when we take a look in scripture and we look at the lives of Job and Abraham and Isaac and all these other saints of old, of Noah, who shared the gospel and shared the good news for decades, and and nobody came to faith, who were waiting for decades for God's promise. God was glorified through them. Actively waiting asks yourself a couple of questions. I just want to throw these out to you and have you think about them. You can write them down if you'd like. And ask yourselves these questions when you're going through something. Is God trying to tell me to slow down my life? So much of the reason that we're impatient is we're overscheduled and you're, we're hustling around and trying to do all this stuff. When we get in that situation where we have to stop, is God saying, slow down, I want to say something to you. I want to reveal something to you. And maybe it's only in those times of unemployment or injury where you're forced to stay at home where you can get yourself quiet enough to truly hear what God is saying to you. What about this one? Where will this put me in the span of eternity? When we think about our timeline and we think about how valuable and precious these seconds and minutes and hours and days are, how does that translate into what happens forever. I'll tell you the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, it's got a huge concept for us. Paul says this, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. A weight of glory that can happen when we wait on God. It's incredible. Finally, number three, it's not only patience working in us. It's not only patience that works through us to the world. But number three, one of the things that we need to do is we need to look to Jesus as an example for us. We need to look at the one who went before us, right? In the book of Hebrews chapter 2, Verse 10, it says this, amongst many other incredible verses, but it says this, for it was fitting that he for whom and by whom all things exist in bringing many sons to glory should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. And this is talking about Jesus. Not making him perfect like he wasn't perfect before, but maybe a better translation is complete. Or his perfection was revealed even through suffering. And you think about the patience that Jesus had with his disciples who could never quite get it. Even when he showed them and, and told them. And even like the song that we sang earlier. like ste- Think about Peter stepping out on the boat and like it was working. He was trusting. He was doing it. And then once again took his eyes off Christ and sank right down. Jesus had patience with the disciples and and Jesus has patience with us. We need to look to him as our incredible example. Look at this verse in Psalm 145 verse 8. These are part of the characteristics of who God is. It says, the Lord is gracious and merciful. He is slow to anger and and he is abounding in steadfast love. Aren't you glad that we serve a patient god this morning i think about my own life and i think about the number of times over and over and over again that the lord had to be patient with me as i continually slip into the same habits and the same weaknesses and and frustrations and sins and yet the lord is striving with us and part of his characteristic is patience and guys, this concept really jumped out at me from scripture this week. He's patient with us as believers, but he's also patient with those who are not saved. A couple of verses I want to throw out to you, and let's hammer this concept down. Romans chapter two, verse four says, it is God's patience That leads to repentance. Romans chapter 9 verse 22 points out that it is only in God's patience, only God's patience prevents him from destroying his objects of wrath. And 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 9 says, the Lord is patient, not willing that any should perish. Okay, so let's think about this for a moment. How often do you have somebody that's in your life that is just driving you crazy and they're an evil person, they're a malicious person and there's such difficulty there and you're like, Lord, why do you allow them in my life? Why don't you bring down your judgment upon them? Or maybe you're thinking about even on the world spectrum, evil leaders and rulers that rule in tyranny and we just want God to judge them right now. Why do you wait Remember, the most often asked question in all of Scripture is how long, O Lord? Why don't you show up? Why don't you take care of it? Where's your justice? And what we see from these several passages is that the Lord is patient because he doesn't want any to perish. The Lord is patient because it could be that that person in your life that's causing you angst or turmoil or is a thorn in your side or that world ruler or whoever it is, that they may turn and they may come to know and that's why God is delaying. And when you see that email come in from that person or that boss, or you see that phone call, or when you see that name and the angst that it causes you because you're just like, oh, Lord, they're just so evil. They're so malicious. Could it be that the Lord is being patient with them because there's some plan that you don't know about yet? I mean, even think about the early church and, and Saul who met the Lord and name-changed to Paul and was incredible, and this whole part of Scripture he wrote, but think about before he met Jesus, and don't you think there were believers that were saying, this guy Saul is is dragging us off, and he, he is throwing us in prison. He is absolutely evil. Lord, I can't stand it anymore. Please take care of him. But God was patient with him. And you see what happened. So what do we want to do with this? What's our call to action? What is our response to this here in this room? As we know that there are some that are under whatever fire that may be. Well, I've just got a couple of uh, bullet points just to recognize um, what happens in our heart when we're not patient. When we don't give this over to the Lord. So a few things. When we are impatient, here's what happens. We fuel our pride and we feed our ego. We make it all about ourselves and what we want and that we want it now and and, and we damage relationships in the process. And we damage the process of God working on us, right? How about this, when we're impatient, we miss potentially God's cultivating character into our lives. Whatever it is in your waiting room, whatever you're waiting on, if we're, if we're so quick to come up with an answer or solution and don't just actively wait on who God is and what he wants to do, we may miss that character being produced. How about this one? We may miss the opportunity to extend grace to somebody else. When we're impatient, when we're in a restaurant or something else happens and we don't get what we want and there's some sort of delay and, or somebody, uh, you know, somebody hurts you in some way, Instead of immediately fighting back when we exercise patience, we're saying, you know what? I get the opportunity now to extend grace to you, to share that goodness. Remember, at the end of Galatians chapter 5, all these different characteristics, it says, against all of things, there is no law. There's nothing outside of ourselves that can keep us from being incredible people of patience that extend grace to everybody else in our world. And maybe this difficulty is an opportunity to do that. And what about this one? When we're impatient, we miss an opportunity for God's grace in us. When we try and rush things, when we try and come up with the answers and the quick solutions, we miss out on God's plan and desire for our hearts and lives that may involve waiting. But just as Paul said, the grace is sufficient. And we only feel that grace when that fire is turned up. So what do we want to do with all this? What do we want you to remember as you walk out of here? Bottom line, patience lets God be God and not us. He desires to work in us through producing character, not being passive but letting the work in our hearts happen. He uh, desires through patience to show himself to the world. So that God's fame and God's story and his renown can be so beautifully displayed in an eternal weight of glory. And finally, we look at Jesus as the author and perfecter of our faith, who is incredibly patient with his disciples, and God the Father, who is incredibly patient with us, and we trust that his timing is going to be the right timing. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes and just rest in this moment and Focus in this moment. And I don't know what these scriptures have done in your heart and in your soul this moment, but maybe for some, it's an idea of confession. It's, man, I am an impatient person. I am somebody who wants answers right away. I am somebody who takes everything into my own hands. And I need to confess that to you, God. I need to give that over to you, God. And I need to allow your spirit to work in my heart, in that area this morning. Maybe for some, it's uh, you need to display this. Maybe you need to display patience to your neighbors, to your family, to your coworkers. Maybe for some, you need to take advantage of this moment of silence and delay and allow the Lord to speak to your heart. Maybe for some, you need to compare this present moment to eternity. And what the Lord would have you to do to make a difference that will last forever in this short life. Father, I thank you for this church body. God, I thank you for this community of people that are gathered here this morning. Many of which believe in you, love you, trust you, know you. And Lord, for some that are here just checking things out and haven't established that relationship yet, even so, God, we know that you welcome them here and we welcome them here. And God, we look to you as the author and perfecter of our faith. And God, we just pray that as we're under this heat, as we're under this fire, God, that you would allow us to be people that exemplify patience. We love you, God. We look to you, God. We trust you, God. It's in your son's precious name we pray.